Premier Mark McGowan. Good morning, Premier. Good morning, Ian. How are you? You well? I'm great. Thank you've, you. Uh, you've, since we've spoken last, you had the big 50th birthday. We had a bit of a. Did you did you get out of town and sort of put your feet up there and have a bit of a bit of a good time, or what was going on? I did. My wife and children and I went away. We had a little party, you know, a family time together. It was very nice. Good. Hey, listen, the uh, the police union is there an agreement on the horizon? What's the story there? What's the latest? Uh, well, we're not uh, moving on the. I think very fair offer we put to police, which is a $1,000 flat pay rise for at least the next four years, because that's all the state can afford. Uh, Every dollar extra we pay is a dollar extra on debt. And as we know, we inherited $42 billion worth of debt, $3 billion deficits. These are hard to manage. So we've got to have a fairly tight wages policy. I'd urge the police union to agree. What about all the money that seems to be, uh, you know, the revenue that isn't being collected at the moment while this is going on? I don't know whether they're going to give in either. So, I mean, it's a bit of a stalemate, isn't it? Well, I'd urge them to stop doing that. All they're doing is assisting criminals. So what they're doing currently is they've got a process whereby uh, in courts they're not asking for court costs against convicted criminals. Um, that's just the police union supporting criminals, and I'd ask them to stop doing it. The bustle in Margaret River Airport with the opportunity to uh, direct access for overseas and uh, you know interstate visitors. What's the latest on that? Well, that's proceeding, so uh, that will be in the budget. So we are certainly going ahead with that. Uh, all we're doing is <clears throat> seeing if there are any ways, considering the financial position the state is, finds itself in, to save any money on that project. We've worked with the council on that. Alana McTiernan's been very proactive. Uh, in working with the council to achieve that outcome, the Western Force that was a bit of a sad, uh, sad tale there across uh, last week. What uh, what's the next step there for the state government? You, uh, I noticed in the press and the uh, you know the media and the news, you basically said, well, you, you don't really care if you send ARU broke. <laughs> so, I honestly what's don't. the story? <laughs> I don't care if I send ARU broke. I would just prefer they reinstated our team, considering the state of Western Australia has invested. Over around $120 million in rugby, and they are taking the team away for which that investment was made. So, even if you don't care about rugby, and I know there's a lot of people out there who don't, you've got to care about taxpayers' money. And um, I'd urge the the, uh, the ARU to leave our team in the competition. What about Andrew uh, Forrest's very, very generous offer yesterday of odd fifty odd million dollars? Do you think? Do you think they're saying no to all of this because there's already been a backdoor deal done somewhere else with someone else? Well, they're being very pig-headed, and they've got some sort of arrangement with Victoria. But our team is much stronger and has a much stronger support base than the Victorian team. Uh, and uh, we also invested a large amount of money in uh, NIB Stadium, rugby headquarters, and the like. Uh, for which, um, you know, we expect they leave the team in the competition. I'm currently getting the state solicitor to investigate what legal options are available to us, and if that means uh, we have a good case, well, then uh, we would seek our money back. How long before you'll find out uh, your legal responsibilities or where you stand well, legally with that? There's a lot of research going on. I'm hoping in the next week, but we'll see. All right. WA Labor Conference this weekend. What's on the agenda? Well, as always at conference, uh, you have a whole bunch of uh, party members and affiliates come along and have discussions and debates. Um, But uh, I can only comment on what I'm doing, and that is I'm making a a keynote address, which is all about um, promoting jobs and opportunities for West Australians, making sure we confront the, the, the issues that are coming up in the future. So I'll be outlining some policies we'll be taking forward in coming months and years 
uh, and I expect it'll be a good weekend. Are you happy with the way that your ministers in the Cabinet are performing so far? Yes, I am. Uh, they're working very hard. Uh, you have uh, Minister for Sport and Recreation Seniors, so Mick Murray, who represents Collie, Collie Preston, he's working very hard. All the ministers are working very hard across all portfolios to try and get jobs and opportunities back in Western Australia, restore confidence in the economy, focus on those core areas of health, education, community safety, and restore the state's financial position, which is pretty well, uh, pretty poor at the moment. And so that's a long-term project, but we're working on all those things simultaneously. Are you keen to get back to uh, somewhere a little closer to your ministers? So you're talk- talking about uh, moving back to Dumas House. Are you going to be happy moving back up there out of the Premier's Palace? <laughs> I am, uh, because I'm going to save the taxpayers' money in doing so. So it'll be a uh, saving of at least around $2 billion. Uh, but also it means that the Premier is in the same building as all the other ministers means you have greater collaboration, you can work together. It was a mistake to build this, you know, the former government spent $30 million on this office here. What I can do is I can put some public servants into Hale House, you know, was yeah. given the title uh, Premier's Palace, some senior public servants here. I'll move back into much less, uh, much less attractive accommodation with the other ministers, <laughs> but it'll be more effective, efficient yeah. and collaborative, and that's what we need. All right, Premier Mark McGowan, always got to chat with you, Mark. Take it easy, have a great day. Thanks, Ian. Take care. This is pretty exciting news. BMX Australia National Championships are coming to Bunbury in March next year. Lauren Reynolds, there's a name for you, dual Olympian and BMX rider. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I'm you, very good. Oh, I'm, that's um, good. You're over in San Diego. Even better to hear the, the exciting news. Yeah, it is great news, isn't it? You're over in San Diego at the moment. What are you doing over there? Tell us what you're up to. Yeah, um, this is sort of my home base at the moment, so I'm... Uh, got a busy season um still to finish for uh the u.s circuit over here and um i've been competing in a couple of the world cups and just recently had the world championships in south carolina over here which was uh, a massive race so uh yeah very busy just training here at the um elite athlete training center in uh chula vista which is where i live right now and uh yeah it's i've just received some pretty cool news about the um the nationals next year so that's sort of on the radar now. Oh, isn't it great news? I think it's fantastic in March next year. Over six days, March 20 to 25, and uh, that's going to be held here. And it's, uh, it looks like, what, over over 2,000 people will be coming to uh, compete in this thing, they reckon. More than 2,000 interstate competitors and supporters are expected to attend, and that'll make a, a bit of a con- contribution to Bunbury's economy for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Nationals are always one of like our biggest races, and it's probably the most nerve-wracking as well because being um you know based overseas now and then you come home and you haven't seen everybody and they they obviously expect a lot so um but even more so being in Bunbury um, yeah so you're gonna be in front of your you're gonna be in front of your home crowd are you gonna be nervy oh I I, I definitely (laughs) will be yeah there's no hiding that absolutely but I'll live for it and live for the moment and it's going to be so fun and um friends and family and just yeah the the committee and the um the track operators and stuff down there are, are awesome they're got a really good group together and i think the i think the uh yeah the course is going to be um tough for most um it's a world class world class track so um i think it's going to be awesome and i expect a big number and and um i'm hoping that bunbury and the southwest really get behind it and um promote it and we get some spectators down there i'll tell you what it's going to be a big club too because bunbury bmx club is uh, what it's got over 200 members these days that's quite a few isn't it yeah, we have a lot of members now. Um, the track's growing heaps, and, um, you know, there's just so many new faces. I went back uh, 
January last year and I did some coaching clinics and there actually wasn't too many kids that I, and then even parents that I noticed. So um, just because they're, they're new. So to me, that's, that's really good. And it was awesome to meet them and try and help them and work with them and just, um, you know, follow their progress over the couple months that I was home. And, um, and I, I absolutely love that sort of stuff. So um, I think it's going to be so exciting for them to be able to compete at such a big race, you know, the national championships um, right at home. So yeah, will um, be. I'm happy and excited for everybody. Yeah. You, well, you, listen, you take care of yourself. Look after those legs. and uh... Yeah, <laughs> I will. We'll uh, see, see you. Then. Yeah, we'll see you in March next year for the National BMX Champs. Good to talk to you, Lauren. Take it easy. Totally. Thanks very much, guys. Interrupt this program to bring you a special news bulletin from the inside cover over at the West Australian. It's Ben O'Shea. Yeah, it's a very good morning, Ben O'Shea. How are you, mate? G'day, Blackers. How are you? Very well, thank you. Quirkiness this week. What's been going on? Well, I've got a good one for you. Has it been a bit cold down in Bunbury lately oh, in the morning? Oh, freezing. Oh, yeah. Shrinkage. Yeah, well, Shrinkage. <laughs> it's a real problem, especially if you decide to do a nudie run at Ascot at 4.30 in the morning. You're uh, joking. The, yes. Uh, the track work or the, the horses getting ready for the uh, the weekend's races were interrupted yesterday uh, when a bloke has jumped the back fence of <laughs> Ascot Racecourse and started tearing down the back straight, uh, pursued by police. Uh, <laughs> stark, stark naked. I think they, they thought that he was a gelding first off, but I think that was just a shrinkage problem. Oh, uh, mate. Uh, the cops the cops got him uh, before he got to the finishing post, uh, which is probably lucky because with the uh, the chill in the air, he certainly wouldn't have won by a full length. No. That way. <laughs> uh, no, I think the last place you'd be going at 4.30 in the morning in this sort of weather uh, <laughs> is, yeah. is track work. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. The, all of all the trainers and jockeys thought it got a bit of a laugh out of it. Anyway, oh, they were held up for about fifteen minutes, and then uh, were able to get back into it. Wow. Okay then. <laughs> and uh, and you you heard the little uh, the nursery rhyme about the the little piggies. You know, this little piggy went to market. This little piggy stayed home. Yeah. Uh, well, I heard the story that there was a piggy fed on on chestnuts, hand reared on chestnuts, and yeah. then it disappeared off the face of the earth. Uh, it was it was due to appear as the as the star attraction at a slow food event in the Swan Valley, yeah. uh, a roast wood fired roast porchetta, you know, by Vincenzo Belletri, delicious stuff. Someone has um, made the mistake of giving it a name. <laughs> yeah, well, it did, well it not that, but not quite that lucky. This pig is from Nanup, raised by chestnuts down in, in Nanup. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. There's only about forty of them in in WA. They're worth about a thousand bucks each. Wow. It's, it's been sent to this abattoir up in Perth, <gasps> uh, and it was supposed to arrive at the uh, chef's butcher uh, a couple of days later. Uh, it never arrived, uh, and so he called the supplier. The supplier said, "Oh, we we delivered it to the abattoir." Uh, they called the abattoir and said, "Oh, well, we definitely slaughtered it. We just don't know what happened to it next." Uh, and so this this pig it didn't run away. We're pretty certain it didn't run away, but uh, Zero, no dear. one no one knows where it was. And the the abattoir said to the chef, "Well, we'll give you a replacement pig," and and he said, uh, "That's like someone losing your Ferrari and offering to give you a Hyundai." Well, that's right. Yeah, that's no good. Wonder what? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, someone's decided that we'll we'll try this crackling, haven't they? Yeah, exactly. Have, yeah. A, have a nice little beetle right, roast mate. pig. Okay, beautiful. Ben O'Shea, editor of Inside Cover in the West Australian. Thanks, buddy. We'll catch up with you next week. Sounds good.